As Pastor mentioned, uh, we're starting a, a study on the philosophy of evangelism. This week will be on the, the philosophical side of you know, why we do what we do, what the gospel is, that sort of thing. And then uh, the second session that we'll do will be more on the practical aspects of things. Um, how to share the gospel clearly in different situations and, and all that uh, different sort of thing. So really looking forward to that. Uh, but today, uh, you'll notice up on the screen, we'll be answering some different questions. Uh, what is the gospel? Who should share it? What is evangelism? Why is evangelism important? And uh, all sorts of different things um, that, will, uh, that impact what we do with the gospel and with what Jesus Christ has done. And so uh, looking forward to jumping into that a little bit today. Uh, and then again, next, uh, next time we meet again, uh, we will talk about some of the aspects of what we do during door-to-door outreach and, and all those different sorts of things. Uh, so that'll be, uh, that'll be exciting as well. Uh, I will mention on your outline before we get started, on the very back at the bottom it says next time, session two. Uh, that date is just incorrect. Everything else is correct. Um, as Pastor mentioned, it'll be a little bit uh, around a month from now, maybe a little bit uh, longer, five weeks or so, before we do the second session. So uh, just take note of that. That date on the bottom there is, is not correct. Okay, as we get started today, uh, Satan desperately wants to distract us from this truth, that every single person has a soul, and that every soul will enter into eternity. And you've got those, uh, those notes there on your blanks. Every person has a soul, and every soul will enter into eternity. Uh, Mark 8.36, it's a, it's a fairly common verse. It says, For what shall it profit a man... If you shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul. In other words, what's it going to benefit you uh, if you get everything this world has to offer, but you lose your own soul? And that's what we see in our world today is people who uh, they live only for this life. They never accept Christ as their savior and it's pointless. It's worthless. They gain what they think is good things in this life, riches or fame or whatever else. Uh, but one day they will face the Lord and ask, be asked, you know, did you trust Christ? Obviously, uh, in that situation, they already had not trusted Christ. And so uh, each person is going to have a day uh, of reckoning, so to speak. What will it profit a man if you shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Uh, every person will spend eternity either in heaven or in hell. It's as, as simple as that. That means your, your neighbor, your coworker, your family member, your friend, um, the person uh, walking past you as you're doing yard work. Uh, the person across from the pump from you as you are, uh, you're pumping your gas. Every person will spend eternity in one of two places. John 3.36 says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Uh, the Bible is very clear. John tells us in, in chapter 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, in the life, and that no man cometh unto the Father but by me. It's only by Jesus Christ that a person can have eternal life, can have forgiveness of sins. And I know I'm not, uh, I'm not telling you anything new right now. You're like, I, I know this already. You know, we already, uh, we already know all of this from Scripture. But I'm simply reminding you of the importance of the fact that we need to be uh, what you might call soul conscious to recognize as we go throughout our day that each person we see will spend eternity somewhere. And the fact that we have the truth 
that can change them from being already condemned, as the scripture says, to having life everlasting with, with Christ. And that is, uh, of course, the gospel. Um, 1 John chapter 5 says, He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Acts chapter 4 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name given under, uh, given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus Christ is the only way. And this truth is the most important truth a person can tell. Um, there are a lot of things that people get worked up about in life. Have you ever seen people worked up about this movement or this group or save the unicorns or, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, they're, they're passionate about something. Um, as a Christian, what you ought to be passionate about is the gospel and sharing the gospel with others because that is, that is what is important. That's what's going to change people's uh, lives. And yet um, we, even as Christians, so often get caught up in the world around us that we don't share that message as much as we ought to. Um, I'll, I'll ask a question. I don't want you to answer, but... How many times in this past year did you share with someone that they're a sinner and deserving of judgment in hell, but that God loved them so much that he sent Jesus to die for them and offer them forgiveness? How many times, how often did you share that message? Now, I know some of you have and many of you have shared that message before, uh, but I know for me, I didn't share it in 2023 as much as I should have. Uh, And perhaps you're sitting there and think, I didn't really share it much at all. Or maybe I did share it, but there were times I knew I should, and I didn't. And I, you know, I, I felt the Holy Spirit saying, you ought to tell this person, and, and I didn't. And we've all had uh, that experience. Again, I know I certainly did not share it every time that I should have in this past year. But we need to recognize that it is our responsibility. It is our responsibility to share the gospel. It is our duty and certainly, uh, your, your pastor and uh, as an evangelist, you know, you ought to share the gospel. But every Christian has the responsibility to share the gospel. And we'll see that here in Matthew chapter uh, 28, a, a fairly familiar passage here. And we'll start reading in verse 18, Matthew 28 and verse 18. It says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power... Is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, here in these verses, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he's giving them a, a uh, commission, if you will. Uh, and he says to go into the world and teach all nations. Now, the word teach that's used there the first time, it's used twice in the verse, but the first time the word teach is used there has the idea of to make disciples. So he's telling them to go ye therefore and make disciples in all nations. Well, how do you make disciples? Well, in this case... Uh, as we'll see, especially later, they were to be witnesses of what Christ had done, and they were to tell people of it, uh, who he was, what he had done, the fact that he died, and that he was buried, and that he rose again, and, and offers uh, salvation. And they were to be witnesses of this to these people. 
And these people would believe. They'd become followers. They'd become disciples of him. And they were to teach them um, all the things whatsoever he had commanded the disciples. And so here's Jesus giving this command to, uh, to his disciples. And then they, uh, they were to teach the same things that Jesus had taught them. Now, notice that this command was given to the disciples in their presence. Okay, physically, they were there. Jesus was there. He was speaking to them. But the command does not stop with those disciples that were there with Jesus that day. Uh, Look again, if you would. Of course, he says in in verse 19 that all power is given to him in heaven and earth. And he's telling these disciples, go ye therefore and teach all nations uh, and so forth. And then verse 20 says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, uh, if they were to teach those people everything that Jesus had taught them, which was the command given here, what would be included in that? Of other things, this command to go and to teach all nations, to make other disciples. And so it's this command that continues to, uh, to, con- to, continues to go forward and, and forward and forward, even after these disciples had passed off the scene and had passed away. Those disciples that they had uh, reached and made disciples of were to make disciples in other places, and and it continued and continued uh, until now, and it continues and continues into the future, and we are to make disciples. Notice again that he says uh, that he would be with them until the end of the world. Amen. And the, the word world there has the idea of the end of the age, not the geographical globe, though uh, we would recognize that's true. Uh, he's speaking of the, the end of the age. He's going to be with them uh, to the end of the age. Now, what's interesting is not long after this, Jesus ascended up into heaven. And so you can wonder, well, you know, was, was he really with them to the end of the age? Uh, turn, if you would, real quickly to Acts chapter 1. We won't spend uh, long here, but Acts chapter 1. The book of Acts was written by Luke, and is kind of the, uh, the, not the bookend, but it comes directly after the end of the Gospel of Luke. Luke wrote, wrote both of those, and it's kind of a continuation right after the Gospels leave off, Acts picks up. This is right before uh, Jesus ascends back into heaven after his death and burial and resurrection. Look down, if you would, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 says, but ye shall receive power, this is Christ speaking, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And so again, this is right after Jesus tells them, hey, I'm going to be with you to the end of the age. Um, just verses after this, in fact, verse 9, and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So those were the last words, evidently, that Jesus spoke to them, and Jesus ascends up into heaven. Uh, But if you've read through Acts recently, or perhaps you remember, chapter 2, Pentecost happens, and the Holy Spirit comes down in power and fills them. And uh, the Bible teaches us that each one of us is indwelt with the Holy Spirit at salvation. And we have the Holy Spirit living in us. And so God is with us. He's empowering us. He's enabling us. 
and he is with us to the end of the age, and he will enable you to share the gospel. And that's what, we're, that's what we're getting to. He will enable you to be witnesses unto me. Again, the disciples here were to be witnesses of what they had seen. The fact that Jesus had, had died and was buried and rose again and, uh, and offers this, this forgiveness. And so we have that same uh, power in us. Now, real quickly, you'll see on your screen here, I jumped past that. God is in, uh, with us to the end of the world. And then you'll notice in the verse uh, Acts 1.8, there's some different things that are mentioned here where he's with them. He says, or where they should be witnesses, rather. Uh, you'll receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So he lists four different places here, and I have, I've taken those and kind of applied them to our situation. And so... Um, you'll notice Jerusalem would be somewhat like Franklin. So Jerusalem was where they were at this time. When he was speaking to them, Jerusalem was the city where they were at. In our case, the city where we're at is Franklin. Uh, Judea would have been the, uh, the surrounding area, okay? And so in our case, again, that would be Johnson County. Samaria would be uh, the next area over. So they had uh, Jerusalem was the city, in, and, then, and then they were in uh, Judea as a larger area. Samaria would have been the next area over. Uh, I put surrounding county on there. Again, this is very general, just to help us think through this a little bit. Um, again, the Samaritan also would have been a little bit of outcasts, uh, so perhaps uh, that's a part of it as well. They were to take the gospel to every single person, not just who they wanted to. And then the uttermost part of the earth, um, the whole world, right? And so those four areas are places we're supposed to take the gospel to. We're supposed to share those with uh, whom we're around and the surrounding areas and unto the uttermost part of the world. Now, practically, you may not be able to go to every single place in the world. You probably can't, right? That's not, that's not going to happen. You can't share the gospel with every single person individually. It's not possible. Uh, but you can share the gospel with those that you come into contact with, whether it's here, whether it's in uh, areas surrounding us, um, and maybe you know, even you have the opportunity to travel abroad. But even if you don't, that's part of the reason we support missionaries, we recognize that God has called other people to go into the uttermost, and so we support them, and we take part in uh, what they are able to do in other places. And so we're involved in this area of going into all the world and uh, spreading the gospel, making disciples. Okay, and next, we're going to look real quickly at the words uh, of evangelism and, and that sort of thing. You'll see on the screen there, evangelism and evangelists come from the Greek root, Uangle uh, or evangel, and that is the word that we get gospel from. Okay, and so the words evangelism and evangelist and gospel all come from the same root, meaning uh, good news. You've probably heard that before, good tidings, um, all of that sort of thing. And so the gospel you you probably heard is called the good news. You've heard that uh, many times, I'm sure. Turn real quickly, if you would, to First Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and we're going to look at the definition of the gospel from this passage of Scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And we'll begin reading in verse 1. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren... I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, 
by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory that which I pre- or what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. So what is the good news? Okay, it's that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again. And because of that, he offers us eternal life and forgiveness of sins. Um, and he, he, of course, paid for our punishment on the cross. And so what is this good news? It's the fact that Jesus died for us and offers us forgiveness. And that's something that every one of us ought to be involved in sharing. This is what um, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, they were to be witnesses of. The fact that Christ died, that he was buried, that he rose again and offers salvation. That's what uh, the disciples were to be witnesses of. So, how can we share this message? Again, I know most of this is, you know what the gospel is. Uh, Many of you have grown up in church, some have not, but you've heard the gospel, you've accepted the gospel, you know what the gospel is. How can we be involved in sharing what Christ has done for us? And we'll end today by just uh, going through, you, you can flip to the back of your, uh, your page there, how to share your testimony. Your testimony is a wonderful way to share the gospel. And using uh, the fact that you've trusted in Christ to share the gospel with someone else is a very uh, simple and, and effective way to share Christ with someone. So in just a moment, we're going to look at some things that are essentials for a good testimony, uh, things that are not essential, and those sorts of things. Uh, but before I do so, I'm going to briefly share my testimony. And if you want to take notes, there's spots for you to take notes there. You could take notes on the things I mention or don't mention or just in general things that uh, you might find helpful from it. Uh, but I'm just real quickly going to share my testimony, and it'll only be uh, a couple minutes here. Uh, And so I'm going to do that, and I hope you'll think through as I'm speaking uh, how you could share your testimony too, and and we'll talk some more about that in in just a moment. But uh, I grew up in church. Uh, Most of you know that. I grew up actually here at New Life, and when I was six years old, I was in a meeting uh, in the gym building over here, and I heard the Bible preach, and I don't remember exactly what was said, uh, you know, what topic exactly they were speaking on, uh, but I know that they preached about the fact that Um, I was a sinner, and I knew, uh, as the the man was speaking over there, that I was a sinner, and I knew that I deserved to go to hell for my sin, and the Bible taught that that was true, and I deserved judgment for for my sin, and I knew that I needed Jesus, that he had died for me on the cross and paid for my sin, and I I knew I needed Jesus as my Savior. So I heard this uh, in the the lesson they were teaching over there, and I didn't trust Christ right then. Uh, but I went home, and I was, I was thinking about it and feeling the conviction in my heart. I knew I was a sinner. I knew I needed Christ. And so I, uh, I talked to my dad, and we talked uh, through it some more, and he explained some more things to me. And in my bedroom that night, I asked Jesus, I said, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know, you know I deserve to, to go to hell, but I'm asking you to save me. And the Bible says that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Uh, and as a six-year-old that day, I know that God saved me because I asked him to save me and I trusted in him and I know that, uh, that he did. Okay, and that's something that I might share with somebody as I was sharing the gospel with them and just letting them know that this is, a, this is something that's changed my life, okay? So, uh, real quickly here, let's look at things that are not essential for a good testimony. 
Now, you may notice that some of the things on here um, I actually mentioned, okay? So, but I did that on purpose, and so we'll get to that in just a moment. So, first thing that's not essential for a good testimony, uh, the exact date, okay? I don't have the exact date of my own testimony. Um, it may be written down somewhere, but honestly, I'm not sure. Uh, but you don't have to know the exact date. You don't know they have to know the exact age that you were when you trusted Christ, or other details such as that. Those are... Um, somewhat exterior details, things that are not that important. If you remember, that's great. And if you want to share it, that's fine. Uh, but those are not essential to be able to share the fact that you trusted Christ. Uh, number two, exactly what was taught. Again, I, I mentioned it as I shared my testimony this there. I don't remember what the preacher was talking about that day, other than the fact that I knew that he was preaching that I was a sinner, and I knew that Christ died for me, and I knew I needed to trust Christ. The exact story that he was using, I don't know if he was using Acts 16 with the Philippian jailer. I don't know, you know, I don't know exactly what he was talking about, but I know that he preached the gospel, and I needed to trust Christ, and I did. Uh, number three, how you felt. You ever heard somebody share their testimony, and the bulk of their testimony is the emotions that they were feeling at the time? Um, again, did you feel things, perhaps? Um, you know, some people uh, break down when they trust Christ. Other people... They just recognize it's a simple decision, and both of those are fine. Uh, but the most important part of your testimony is not how you felt. It's what you decided to do, which is to trust in Christ. So these are just some things that are not necessarily essential for uh, sharing your testimony. Now let's look at a few things that are the essentials of a good salvation testimony. Uh, number one, the gospel. And that ought to be clear. Uh, but I've heard many share their testimony and never talk about the gospel, um, as, as strange as that is. Now that doesn't mean that they didn't trust Christ but it means that they were more focused on the details of the situation and all that stuff, and they didn't share the gospel. Now, when you're sharing your testimony with other uh, Christians and you want to share some of those details, that can be an encouragement sometimes in neat stories, but especially if you're sharing your testimony with someone who doesn't know Christ, you need to have the gospel in your testimony. Um, in a simple way, I did it as I was sharing it just then, um, what, did, you know, what did I recognize that day? Well, I recognized that I was a sinner and deserved judgment and uh, the fact that Jesus died for me and I asked Jesus to save me. Again, that is the gospel. Jesus died, he was buried, he rose again, and I needed to trust him because I, I deserve judgment and Jesus offers salvation. And so working the gospel in uh, clearly, I'm a sinner. Jesus died for me so that I didn't have to be punished in hell and asking Jesus to save me. Uh, make sure that is a part of your testimony, okay? And then secondly, your decision to believe. I uh, mentioned that just a second ago. Make sure, especially if you're sharing with a lost person, you say, and I asked Jesus to save me, or I trusted in Christ, I depended in him, uh, something along those lines, and, and let them know they can do that too. And God is offering that gift to them, as Romans 6 uh, tells us, to them as well. And so those are things that you need to have in your, uh, your salvation testimony. Um, when I share my testimony with someone, I, I want them to walk away knowing that Jesus died for my sins and theirs, and that I trusted in Christ, and they can too. And I want people to know that, even if I don't have much time to, to talk to them. Um, in fact, real quickly here, we have a bit of time, uh, I'm going to share my testimony again, but I'm going to do it in about 30 seconds, okay? Because sometimes... Um, Again, we gave the, the thought earlier of, you know, sharing the gospel with somebody across from the gas pump. 
you may not have very much time, okay? And, and sometimes that's when it's easier just to give them a tract and say, you know, hey, here's some good news. Hope you can, hope you, hope you can read it or whatever. But uh, you may not have uh, 10 minutes to share your testimony sometimes. And so being able to do it in a, a short amount of time is, is really a help. And so um, I, might, I might come up to someone, uh, maybe I'm at their door, you know, out on visitation or, or whatever the case may be. And uh, I'll, I'll say something to the effect, if I'm out knocking on doors, hey, you know, we're going around and, and sharing, uh, or inviting people to church and sharing what Christ uh, has done for us on, on the cross. And you ever heard that before? And they might say no. And I'd say, well, you know, when I was, uh, when I was a young boy, uh, I was listening to the Bible being taught, and I heard that all had sinned. Every one of us had sinned, and I recognized that I was a sinner. I had done wrong, and the Bible tells us that I deserve punishment in a place called hell for that. But it also tells us that God loved us so much that he sent Jesus Christ down to earth and he paid our punishment for us. He died on the cross. He paid the punishment that I deserve to pay and he died for me. And the Bible says that anybody that asks Jesus to be their savior to save them will be saved. And as a young boy, I did that and Jesus saved me. Okay. And that was, you know, 30 or 40 seconds or something like that. And that's something you can share. The fact that you trusted in Christ with with a lost person in a very brief amount of time. It really doesn't take a lot of time um, at all. If you have more time, that's great. But if not, you can share the fact that you can share the gospel and the fact that you trusted Christ in a very short amount of time. And so um, I would encourage you to do that. In fact, you see in your homework there um, on the backside of your sheet this week, um, and, and again, this is um, our timeline has changed a little bit, so it doesn't necessarily have to be this week, but uh, write out your testimony on paper or email and then send it to me. Um, I'll put my email address up on the screen there. Hopefully you can uh, read that. If you want to write that down, it's not on your paper, so if you want to write that down. Uh, I would encourage you to do this for a number of different reasons. One thing would be uh, writing out your, your testimony when you trusted Christ. Uh, it'll be an encouragement to you, especially if it's been years since you trusted Christ. Uh, it'll just be an encouragement to you. Uh, secondly, it will help you think through how you could share it with somebody else. If you've never shared your testimony before, even that could be uh, perhaps a little bit daunting, um, trying to remember, and what should I say, what shouldn't I say, all those things. Um, and, and writing it out, whether by pen or typing it or something, will help you think through it as you are writing it, and it'll help, um, it'll help you be able to share it clearly and, and effectively, and I think that'll be a help to you. Uh, third reason, um, pastors has mentioned this a number of times, having a, your testimony of salvation written out somewhere is a huge encouragement if you pass away someday, and we all will, right? We're all going to at some point. And having your testimony written out saying, I trusted in Jesus Christ is an encouragement to family uh, and, and others all around you that this person trusted in Christ. Not only did they, they, they live it and they said it, but they've written it out, they've Detailed. This is the gospel. This is what I trusted in, and that's an encouragement, and it, it really is. And so, a um, number of different reasons I would encourage you to write out your testimony. And if you would send it to me, uh, I would be encouraged by that too. That would be uh, that would be great. We may in the um, the next session that we'll do, uh, we may I may even read a couple of those or have somebody else read them. Now, I will not do so without asking you, and if you don't want me to that's fine. Uh, I would encourage you to go ahead and write it out either way if you don't want me to or not uh, and send it. That would be great. But uh, I think that'll be an encouragement to all of us to hear uh, of when people trusted Christ and the fact that they've trusted in, in Jesus as their Savior. Um, I'm always encouraged by 
our Thanksgiving uh, banquets and, and praise services and those sorts of things when people share when they trusted Christ. And the fact that, you know, we all had different stories, we all had different uh, stages of life that we were in, all those things, but it all comes back to the central thing that we, we trusted in Jesus Christ as our Savior. And we have that, uh, that commonality, and that's a, it's a wonderful, uh, a wonderful blessing. And so, uh, this, this is kind of, we talked a little bit about the, the philosophy of things, you know, what is, what is evangelism? We can see from the Bible, it is our responsibility to share the gospel, not just, uh, not just pastors in a church setting, but everybody, everywhere. We're supposed to go into all the world and share the gospel, the good news. And so uh, I'd just like to end today by encouraging you to be involved in that. And I know, uh, especially if you've not done that much, it can be a little intimidating. Um, it, is, it is intimidating for me, okay? Um, it is it's my calling to go and to spread the gospel, uh, I believe, from God. He's called me to be an evangelist, and it's, it's still intimidating to me. Um, it's still uncomfortable to do for me, um, especially, you know, one-on-one or, or even in front, of, in front of people. But let me encourage you to do it. Um, we have power from God through the Holy Spirit to enable us to do it. Okay, it's not in ourselves. It's not in our personality. Uh, it's, it's God that enables us to share the gospel as we ought to, and to have compassion on, on souls as we ought to. And so uh, let me encourage you, uh, if that's something that you are nervous about and you're not sure about, talk to God about it. Say, God, I know that according to your word, this is my responsibility. I'm supposed to go and, and make disciples. So God, would you help me? Would you enable me to, to do this? And then look for opportunities. There's opportunities all around us. I remember uh, not too long ago, I started counting how many times I interacted with somebody in a day, interacted with somebody that I had not met before uh, in a day. And it was surprising, whether it's at the gas station or the store or walking down the sidewalk or you know, wherever it may be, we, we come across a lot of people, maybe at the bank or, or wherever else. And I started thinking, well, how many times do I try to engage that person with the gospel? How many times do I even try to give them a tract? Um, you know, all these sorts of different things. And again, uh, a tract is a very easy way. Um, we have them on our, our track rack in the back, on the back wall as you walk out there. Very simple way. You know, I don't have time to talk to this person. This person's working. They don't have time to talk to me. But I can hand them this tract. And it has the gospel inside, what Jesus did for them. And so there's all sorts of different ways that we can share the gospel. And again, in the second session, we'll talk a lot more uh, about, about that and how we can be involved in that. Uh, but as far as this goes, would you pray that God would give you an opportunity over these next few weeks to share your testimony with someone? Um, and again, I think writing it out would be a, a help to you. But would you ask God, God, would you give me an opportunity to share when I trusted Christ with someone else, with a lost person? And I'm, I'm confident that, uh, that he will give you that opportunity. Let's pray. And I'll even ask that for you all now and myself as well. And then you'll be dismissed. Father, I do ask that you'd be with uh, each one here today and myself as well. And God, that you give us opportunities to share the gospel. That you give us opportunities to share our testimony of when we trusted in Christ. And Lord, I ask also that you would give us the boldness to then share it. Uh, Lord, many times um, I have 
backed down, Lord, out of fear or pride or, or something else, Lord, and uh, not sh- shared the gospel when I should have. And so, Lord, I ask that you'd help uh, each one here today, and as the weeks go on, Lord, that you give opportunities and also boldness to share the most important message with uh, the, the lost and condemned world around us. And Lord, we thank you that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. God, I ask that you'd help us the rest of this day, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name.